This is a Little Empire podcast. We're doing a mini festival with your favourite shows in Auckland, New Zealand on February 25th and 26th. Details and tickets are at littleempirepodcast.com slash live. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Hello and welcome to the worst idea of all time episode. I already forgot, you just told me. Episode 39, did you say? You, in a land of dreams, Tim, it would be episode 39. I don't know what fucking planet you live in or country you are currently standing in, whereby you think we have blitzed through five weeks of this project. It is episode 34. It just starts moulding into one. Uh, this is Tim Beck coming to you from Narita, I think I'm saying that right, airport in Tokyo, Japan, on my way uh, out of this gorgeous country. Most wonderful. And it's me, Guy Montgomery, broadcasting live from my lounge in Greylin, Auckland, New Zealand. Why are there no TV shows that do come from a lounge? You know what I mean? Because they always try and recreate the set of a lounge. But no one's making a TV show that's beaming out. Do you know how long it took me as a child to wrap my head around the concept of sets? And how (laughs) genuinely confused I was by the fact they weren't just using pre existing rooms and houses and instead building these fake ones? Yeah, I can I can understand how for a kid that would be a bit of a like nightmare concept to try and grasp, eh? It's just crazy to me. Um, I'm surrounded by a lot of distractions, a lot of bright lights, a lot of noise, a lot of people at my immediate proximity. <laughs> yeah. I have, um, uh, if I may, yeah. if I may, Tim, uh, so after the last episode we recorded, we're in, you'd arrived in a, a beautiful jazz bar. Yeah, um, in Kyoto. And I believe we spoke briefly on the train, didn't we, when you were traveling there? I think we, yeah, you and I tried to make it work on the train, but the, the Skype connection couldn't hold because I was travelling much too fast. Yeah, uh, so I then, I had dinner with my sister, who's just moved uh, to Auckland, the same city that I live in, that evening, and uh, her flatmates, and they were talking about how one of the biggest social faux pas you can make throughout Japan is speaking on public transport. Absolutely, without question. <laughs> Oh, were you, were you fully clued into this fact? Oh, what, uh, of course. You can't not be and be a functional member of society. You walk in there. You know how you just get the tone of a place walking in? The, t- the tone is set. You know who <laughs> ignores the tone? Australians. The only set of people who I've been surrounded with in this gorgeous tourist hotspot um, that breaks that cardinal rule are Aussies. And they are so loud and so brazen. They are truly the new I, Americans. I love that you're sharing this, and I'm also sort of flummoxed by the fact you're telling me this in between admitting uh, to the knowledge that you were breaching this exact same social construct. No, look, the hypocrisy is not lost on me, but let me say this in my own defense. Right now I'm fine. I'm in an airport. There's a lot of noise going on. Every, everything's moving and shaking. This is okay. On the train, I was trying desperately to be so quiet, and I thought it would be, 
you know, almost funny to go against the grain to try and do a record in that kind of an environment. Much like the jazz bar, you know? I was yeah. disrupting a social norm, but I was acutely aware of it. The Aussies, they're just yelling for no good reason. The other argument you could make is that uh, to ears outside of the Antipodes, the Australian and the New Zealand accent are so similar that uh, surely if anyone was to lay an accusation of being rude at your feet, you could just dismiss it as the behaviour of a rapscallion from our hotter neighbour to the west. In fact, maybe the people who I was encountering uh, yelling a lot were actually Kiwis and I myself couldn't even discern. The thing that got me about it, Guy, is that it was like half a dozen dudes and it was in an elevator. (laughs) I was like, come on. This is the closest proximity you can be to perfect strangers in, in just everyday life. And you guys are positively yelling to each other. It's not I, right. I dream of one day having the uh, either obnoxiousness or confidence to just f- continue a full-fledged conversation into an elevator with multiple <laughs> other people. I think it's such a badge of honor for those men. Just so you know, Tim, the, yeah. the Wi-Fi in the airport at Tokyo is a little bit choppy. So... Oh. Um, I'm just letting you know that. I can't imagine that there's anything you can do about it. But, uh, you know, the more you know. I'm, I'm still on my 4G. I'm trying to <laughs> eke out the last bit of value from my SIM card before I leave. <laughs> Will you just download uh, video content that you're not even interested in before you leave, you know, I've da- gigabytes or gigabytes on a plan? downloaded a shitload of podcasts, I'll tell you that, while I was on the train. It's a good it's time. Exciting times. Uh, so Anywho's. we've done everything but address the fact that we just watched We Are Your Friends for the 34th uh, time. The elephant in the room. Certainly. And what an elephant. Um, Tim, mm. how was it for you? Where were you watching it? How hard or easy was it to focus on the action? So hard to focus on it, despite me being on a train. So there was, I was just in a seat. It, there was, I mean, there was a window to look out of, but my headphones were in. Um, so in an audio sense, it was completely encasing me. But I just, it was impenetrable this week. I couldn't engage with the thing. Couldn't get in there. Couldn't get into the hearts and minds and souls of these boys. That is so interesting to me because I was just on my haunches going in and then somehow managed to extract not the most value, but certainly the most eagle-eyed screening I've had in a while. Um I think just to remedy how sad I was feeling about it, I would somehow, my mind still drifted, but I was watching it like a hawk. Couldn't put anything past me this week. Huh. You, you did warn me that you took a lot of notes on this watch. I'd love to just jump right in and start oh. digging through that scrappy notebook. As would I. Uh, Tim, I'm going to put it to you. When the boys get paid their feeble sum for filling uh, that nightclub with 562 patrons Mm. and uh, Jarhead is furious with whoever's in charge of you know taking care of the books at said establishment yep does he say I'm gonna murder that cheesy motherfucker or does he say I'm gonna murder that cheese stick motherfucker I didn't hear the MF I just uh, every time I've heard it I'm gonna murder that cheese stick Oh, you didn't hear a oh, motherfucker. Maybe it's a separate comment that he makes afterwards. I'm going to murder that cheese stick. Pause. Mofo. Look, th- I'm, so say I'm in an airport. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah, no. And fair enough. The, the, and, and, you know, f- fortunately for you, the motherfucker is the least of my concerns. Is, have you always heard cheese 
cheese dick? Yeah, that's what I've been hearing week after week. Quietly between you and me and anyone who's catching this audio, uh, I once again returned to the familiar shores of my slightly illegal, slightly German stream of the film. Uh-oh. And yeah. uh, in the captioning, it said, cheesy. And I thought, I don't know why I second-guessed myself. I mean, I, I, I don't know who's more familiar, the annotator with the film or me, but I thought surely he was saying cheese dick, motherfucker. It seems so restrained to call him cheesy. Right, you've, you've got it. Back yourself, baby. You've got to back yourself out there. I'm worried about you. You're starting to lose confidence in yourself. And it's if you don't have that, what are you left with? Nothing. Don't trust the German stream that you found illegally online with some random closed captioning. Hey, look, it's, trust it's, your own heart. It's easy for you to say that, Tim. You're probably watching a beautiful, crisp version, you know, legally acquired. But I'm over here, you know, paranoid, second-guessing the very behavior which has led me to watching movies on illegal German streams. Because the, the other thing that happens is when... when it's a technique deployed uh, only occasionally, but you know how Zaccoli occasionally will s- flip into narrator mode and the words mm-hmm. that he's saying will appear on the screen. Yep, so does Paige. He gets that magic power as well. Paige certainly gets that treatment. And uh, let me tell you, I'm very excited to share my learnings about that uh, with you this week. <laughs> right. Before I do that... Right. Yep. Um, uh, so when, when Zaccoli says uh, we can... Oh, no, we've got the best. We've got the best sushi in America. We've got the best sushi in the Western Hemisphere, and it's always at the strip mall. Uh, mm. The words that blare up on the screen, which are ostensibly written in German, are "shopping mall." And then that got me wondering whether or not the term "strip mall" is international, or if it's just American. Because I remember that was another thing when I was younger. I had trouble understanding what the service provided at a strip mall was. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I knew what a strip mall was really before this film. It was it was uh, something I'd heard of. Oh, actually, it was probably us going to LA. But I don't think I was familiar with the concept before actually seeing it in the flesh. And that was at the ripe old age of twenty, whatever, seven, six, something. Yeah, it's certainly. Um, I don't know. I, I these these this is. I was just swimming in these German, you know, conundrums throughout the film. Yeah, it's pretty weird that it's thrown you so off base, mate, and um, also that you thought it warranted writing down. Because I've got to say, for not me, only, not top content. Not only did I think it was worth writing down, I thought it was worth reading aloud to you mm. after the fact. Yeah. This I is, hear you. And whether or not you, you think this is relevant or good content, it's certainly undeniably how I was and am feeling after this experience with the film. More and excitingly, I would never question that. More excitingly on the German front, uh, what... I did wind up with was uh, Paige's speech annotated for me. <laughs> What's going on One over moment. there, guys? Sorry, Tim. I've just lost my <laughs> headphones. It would have sounded quite oh, harrowing I... for you. <laughs> uh, the the inspirational speech, the you know the world famous uh, mouthful of concrete, dick full of diamonds. Yes. Pep talk. Um, I got given a German translation of uh, how to say. I do not believe in anything that is not concrete. And let me tell you, it makes for a very powerful sounding and looking message. Can May you please <laughs> recount it for me? Verlasse ich mich auf nichts, das nicht konkret ist. Oh boy. <laughs> that's good. See, that's a keeper. 
That's a hell of a note. Can you give it to me one more time, guy? With supreme pleasure. Verlasse ich mich auf nichts, das nichts konkret ist. Bloody good stuff. German is a powerful language, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have rounded edges. edges. It's, all, it's all corners. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. It's all hard edges on there. I mean, it is a pretty um, powerful statement, though, even in English. But the German is like some sort of blunt instrument, some sort of sledgehammer. I love yeah. that about it. I feel like it's leaning into the mood of that moment. That's really cool. Maybe he should have delivered it in German anyway. Well, I imagine... I don't know how it works. Gosh, this is very ignorant on me. I don't know. In, in uh, other countries, when they broke... When, I guess when we broadcast movies in English, they're a foreign language. Instead of redubbing them, we just watch them with subtitles. But, you know, TV shows and stuff, they get actors to redub all the lines. I wonder if there's a no, German... Stuff gets, stuff gets redubbed for... Um, for, for us to watch as well probably my biggest experience with that funnily enough is anime your, yeah. your Dragon Ball Z's and whatnot. it feels like it would be pretty weird to watch anime with subtitles I reckon it'd be better though because I feel like they're doing less fucking around with it and you're getting a more pure product yeah they cut all the best stuff out of um, all the American anime because everyone freaks out about upsetting the kids kids love everything that you feed them both in yeah, terms do. of actual food materials and content on anime shows, all the way down to Violence. just the way you talk around them. Sex. They're just, just s- sponges for content. Absolutely. Um, Hash, I, uh, I just want to tack on something to you brought up earlier, the moment where the boys get paid. How loudly is that coming through, by the way? Because there is a hugely distorted voice um, giving me instructions which are, are indecipherable to me. I don't even know what language they're being spoken in. Uh, I, I feel like they're coming through probably pretty loud for you as well. No, certainly it does feel like someone has to get on an airplane pretty urgently, Tim. <laughs> but uh, um, as at, far as I can tell, rate. that's neither of our problem. The moment where the boys get paid, like this this occurred to me a little bit last week and just uh, had it home this week as well, so I might have brought it up last episode, I don't know. There is no way that Johnny Depp has not stolen the money off of them. Oh, I know. And that it, it's crystal clear because first of all if you were the owner of the club or even like the staffing manager or whatever and you're paying these promoters there's no way you're going to go to the trouble of dividing it up to respective envelopes depending on how many people are receiving the end product that that is not yeah. something you would spend time doing whatsoever and then when they figure out that they've been shortchanged, he ch- <laughs> changes the subject to this bizarre diatribe about Instagram instantly apropos of nothing this this strange non sequitur and just to try and blindside them with some other thought process so they take the heat off him it's never been more obvious to me than this week that Johnny Depp has stolen from the boys and put them on a cataclysmic course towards Pageville who we found out in the last episode is half of this universe's interpretation of the devil Undoubtedly, Tim. And more than that, um, I think... (laughs) Ah, no. More than that... Oh, fuck, I've actually lost my train of thought entirely because what you said in the middle of that was we received on the Facebook page uh, in between watching the movie and waiting for you to clear customs in Japan our first voicemail sent through as a message. We have literally (laughs) 
never received one of those. This is really friend zone territory, but I'll allow it. Did you have a listen to it? Yeah, I did. And it was just a guy called da- David, who'd previously sent us one message saying that he was just a fan of the podcast. Um, and it's like 37 seconds long, and it's just him <laughs> substantiating and supporting your claim that Paige is the devil from last week. Ah, oh, yes, please. Would you like me That's to play that awesome. for you? Um, can you somehow? Uh, I can have a go, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's try. Oh, actually, no, this, this is going to be confusing. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a, we'll, we'll just bookmark that for now. Um, <laughs> but absolutely, he does. He, he, he comes out there with less money than they have. And i got to say, I think you can trace it back to the fact that he's... The drug dealing game is falling apart at the seams for him. I think he's started taking more than he's been selling. He's got to right. move a lot of money around. Uh, he's panicked. You can see it, his brain's not there. He's scattered, isn't he? He's shaving off facial hair willy-nilly. He's talking about inventors of Instagram and, you know, pyramid schemes through Yeah, he's, he's off real on estate. all sorts, isn't he? And do you know what I noticed this week as well is when we're at the PCP party, what is prominently positioned behind Zicoli but a goat skull? Prominent iconography from Satanism. No doubt. And then the, another thing I noticed about Paige's business this week was, mm. I, are they trying to bury the lead a bit? Like, because the first scenes you see of Zakolt them working there, it's all, it all, like, you know it's a sham, but also it's not overtly a sham. It's like, we help people who need our help. Uh, don't yeah. ask questions. I fuck diamonds. See you later. And he's all <laughs> yeah. in German, which is hey, you know, also also. This is another. This would be brave. Just akin to that Johnny Depp comment I made before. Okay, I've listened to it twice in a row now with headphones. There is no way he is saying anything but fuck a diamond. That shit's forever. Like, there's no other possible reading of it. Oh, this is. That, I mean, I, I appreciate that you've finally, you know, convinced yourself that's what he's saying. I have firmly believed that for as long as it's been detected. But, the, you know, there's a difference between us goofing off and reinterpreting something. There is, like, there's no other way to hear what he is saying. The, the sounds that his mouth are making, that's what he's saying, undeniably. Right. In fact, I would love to see what the German stream threw up for... Uh, for that particular phrase. I, I uh, didn't observe that this week, so I can't report to you, but maybe another time. Got it. Sorry, but, anyway. Uh, I can't quite remember. All I was saying is that Johnny Depp has started taking his... Oh, no, they've buried the lead in the, um, the, at Gold Star Reality Solutions mm. because, you know, he's like, blah, 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 this is what we do, but you don't necessarily know we're bad guys. And then they start doing work and, you know, you see Zakoli starting to put cash in a shoebox, which for me is, you know... Uh, again, alarms are ringing immediately, but Zicoli seems to be either willfully ignorant or you know happily, happily ignoring where that cash is coming from. And mm-hmm. then the first few times you see him put the money in the shoebox, like the music that's supporting it is buoyant and triumphant. It's like, whoa, he's making music, he's making money. Look at Zach Efron go. And then after he guiltily takes $15,000 for sitting in a room while Paige just absolutely bends this poor homeowner over it and just fucks the shit out of them, yeah. uh, he puts the money in and suddenly he's like, he's glum, the music's glum, and it's sort of like this is supposedly the moment of realisation that, hey, you know, uh, the money comes out of somewhere and maybe this job I'm holding down ain't so crash hot. Maybe this movie should have tried to do that with everything. So it's like, 
gives you this triumphant moment of seeing Zaccoli being successful in his employment and in business, then pulls back and reveals that money's coming from somewhere. Shows you the sweaty heights of what it means to be at an EDM festival. Shows you, I guess it does show you the grim reality of Squirrel dying of a drug overdose. Um, shows you the uh, euphoric experience of falling in love and just just wanting to to pash someone right in the face and then pulls back and reveals that sometimes a guy who knows um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or uh, Muay Thai will slam you down on some bathroom tiles in a strip club. You think all, you think all the action could, could be or could have been a more powerful metaphor for the highs and lows of that party boy just of life, just of everything, I think. Oh, and even broader metaphor. Whole, absolutely, just a whole permeating philosophy. The theme of this film is every coin's got two sides, you know? Every diamond Can has many fucked. facets with which to fuck. Uh, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I think the problem with that idea is uh, no lesson is learned. Like, you know when you do an English essay in high school in English where you study a film and they make up a big dumb thing about what the theme is which the teacher has clearly gotten from some textbook that they've been given which someone just made up in a room somewhere and they're like this is definitively what this movie's about yeah, you yeah. can make a strong argument that that's what We Are Your Friends is about what you just said yeah uh, consequences yeah you, I mean you could make a strong argument about anything if you really felt like it but <laughs> It's horse shit. What a cop out. He fucks his mate's girlfriend. Yep. He like kills his friend with drugs. He takes like $15,000 from a woman who's losing her house. Yeah. And at the end, he's still just having coffee and doing fine and having sex That's with That's a really Somali. good point. That's it's like, a real good point. And actually, the very last shot we see is of him being a successful DJ at a music festival, which yeah. is the one thing he always dreamed of. So... Also, yeah. in spite of the fact he still can't make very good music. Yeah, there really are no consequences. And so, yeah, okay, I, I, I feel you, guy. You've really shot me down in flames. No, it's, it's fine. It's just... And then the other thing, like, there's other stuff I noticed. Like, you know when he makes that first song when they get so many to do the vocals and uh, yeah. it's, all, it's all very exciting. I think it's, it was even one of our shining lights one week. Maybe mine. Uh, you know, there's a scene in that sort of montage where he's at home listening to the song on his headphones in his room and dancing by himself. Yes. It's awesome. This yeah. is a Coley dance. Do you want to know what's even more awesome? What? Is there are definitely, because I double check, triple check this week, there are definitely two people fucking in his bed behind him while he's like got his headphones on and is dancing facing the other way. What? There's What are movement. you talking about? There are figures in the bed Go back, watch the tape. You watch the tape and you tell me that there aren't people in that bed fooling around. Speaking of bearing the lead, if what you're saying is true, how did you not start the episode with this revelation and instead took me on some winding path about German translations? It just it comes out how it comes out, baby. Don't you tell me how to run my conversation. <laughs> is that true, though? No yeah. goofing. No goofing. That is... That is amazing. It is amazing because it begs the question, first of all, does he know he's there? Second of yeah. all, has he like come back to host a threesome and then been kicked out? And his reaction to that is, 
I will face the other way and not listen to a fucking thing for as long as it takes you guys Man. to do this. I'm blown away by that. So is it like a little mini orgy scenario while he's just going to... Yeah, what is, what is, do you think this... Is it supposed to tell us that the song is so good that he is so into it that he, um, like, won't even know it? Like, because that's got to be the most intense thing. Two things. One, you being in the same room as two people having vigorous relations. Or number two, being in a bathroom where someone is taking a horrific, noisy dump. That would be the two ultimate tests for me of what a good song can do to you in terms of bring you into your I own think, world. I, yeah, very interesting uh, two instances, namely because in one of them uh, there is like a very visceral and overwhelming and like overwhelmingly negative smell attached. Yeah, uh, that's true. And there's also you know more intimacy in terms of space between you and the person taking a shit in a public restroom, whereas a bedroom as large as a Coley's he could conceivably be 15 metres away and dancing with no idea what's happening. They could have okay. watched him listening That's to true. that song on his headphones for like 15 minutes, being like, I don't think he would notice if we went in there and had sex on that bed. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to see this next next watch. Except that means I've got to watch the movie again. Um, once again, this, this uh, chat of uh, sex and poo seems like the perfect place to take a brief break and uh, see who we're sponsored by this week. Ow! This movie's still fine. I know it. You know it. It's time for our listeners to know it. This week we're sponsored by Audible. That's still right. in it, baby. They are listening to these ads and they're not sending us emails saying they love them, but they're also not sending us emails saying they don't love them, which means I reckon they love them. Uh, <laughs> Audible is the home to all sorts of great audio content. Anytime, anywhere. That's they got your their cue. Amazon money. So what oh, yeah. they've been able to do is assemble an unparalleled library of online audio content. Uh, you know, they're most famous for their books read aloud to you by either incredibly talented narrators or the author themselves as God intended. You download these audio files, you put them in your ears, and guess what? You're absorbing a book without having to do the boring task of reading something. But not only that, they've got periodicals, they've got articles, they've got all sorts of on-demand entertainment, audio-based, for you to enjoy at your leisure. This week, I've been in Japan. I'm in Japan right now. And uh, an author that my girlfriend is very fond of, I think you've read a couple books by this gentleman as well, Haruki Murakami. Oh, yeah. Guess what? He's on there, baby. He's what? definitely on there. His, his books are there. You can download them, have a listen to them. Where else would they be? He is the business. He's got a very interesting book. If you, if you haven't even read any of his fiction, he's got a very interesting book called What We Talk About When We Talk About Running, or What I Talk About When I Talk About Running, sorry. And it's about the marriage of his creative process and his love and sort of the meditative qualities of running. It's sort of biographical, but also a very interesting insight into the mind of one of the world's foremost creative thinkers tim yes this great service if you want to visit yeah. it just if you're curious all you have to do is visit yeah. audible.com forward slash try now that's audible.com a-u-d-i-b-l-e.com forward slash try now and you will get a free 30-day trial and one free book and that book is there as well i just checked what i talk about when i talk about running Go, go get it. Audible.com slash try now. Oh. 
This movie's still fine. And we're back. There we are. Um, Guy, I took some notes as well, and I'd like to kick off with my shining light, uh, if I may, of you this may. section of the episode. Also, it's a real race against time at the moment, because my uh, battery on my laptop is fast draining. Uh, it's telling me that I've got about 20 minutes left. What maybe. does that mean in actual minutes? Do you know, who knows? Who really knows? I don't think the computer knows. Computer. It's an educated guess. Co- yeah. Computer and phone batteries are the mm. opposite of sports games, like American sports games, whereby when you're watching, say, a quarter of basketball, it lasts 12 minutes, but everyone knows it lasts probably closer to between 30 and 40 because of all the timeouts. Yeah. So the amount of time it says it will take and how long it takes is longer. All technology batteries are bold-faced liars, and I do not know how they're still getting away with it. Just collectively... Shorten your expectations and lessen our disappointment. 100%. And they also do weird things like it'll go from 100% down to 60% instantly and then hang around the from 30% to 20% mark for like, I don't know, six hours? It if makes it's fine. no <laughs> sense. It's craziness. Anyway, um, my shining light this week is when uh, we're at the... Uh, party that James Reed from The Fearless has hired Sokoli, the crying DJ, to DJ at, and he's giving uh, the very sanctimonious speech to Somali about how music works. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that is that party. And then the boys show up to pick up Sokoli. Thank you. <laughs> um, he needs to be shouted down for that fucking speech. He bloody does. And this is a woman who spends all her time at yeah. EDM festivals and like booking gigs for James Reed, the biggest DJ in the world. She knows what tempo is, mate. He's she knows so what confident. He's interesting. It's insane. Anywho, at that party, um, eventually our attention turns to Jarhead, uh, to Skrull, and to Johnny Depp, who show up at the party to pick up Zakoli, but they are ready to party. And Zakoli gives them one instruction just be cool. Jarhead is insulted at the notion that he wouldn't be, announcing to no one in particular he's the coolest fucking guy in the world, <laughs> and then proceeds to start a fight with someone because he's interrupted a um, a little a little session of someone trying yes. to get a piece from a girl poolside, and then he gets mad like he's not the bad guy in the situation like he clearly is, and then ends up calling someone uh, saying that they they. Addressed like Hillary Clinton throwing them in a pool. Here comes my shining light guy. Are you ready for it? Like a curveball. When we go under the water of the pool uh, to follow the gentleman in the, into the looking pool, we are through the looking <laughs> pool. <laughs> the music, the music suddenly goes into an underwater zone where it like cuts everything out except for the bass and it gets really watery. And every yeah. time we've got a shot from up above the water level, it goes back normal. And then we're back down to the underwater camera and it gives us that warbly kind of sound. I would not noticed it before. Um, it's impressive work in post-pro from our audio person. I just want to commend them for that. It's one of those things that I feel like I haven't not noticed it, but I've just kind of absorbed it without consciously articulating yeah, yeah. it in my own head, oh. you know? A beautiful moment and a triumph in filmmaking. Guy, also, guy, guy, I've just been told that we're boarding. So um, keep talking. I'm going to keep recording for as long as I'll allow, but let's let's get through the business. Okay. Well, may I just say that you set the scene for that shining light beautifully. I mean, 
to say that you're the coolest dude in the world and then start a fight because someone doesn't want to listen to you talk about the sushi they have in the valley. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you couldn't say something and then deliver the opposite anymore if you tried. <laughs> now, my shining light, Tim, if I may, uh, is when Zakoli first hears that Somali's working in a cafe and he sort of heads out there to, to say, what's up, how are you? Uh, mm-hmm. He arrives outside the cafe. He's carrying a skateboard. They never show him riding it, I guess, because maybe he can't. And he, there's a guy sitting outside the cafe, like staring at his phone with his hand on the side of his face, looking quite like a misery guts. Like things aren't necessarily going that well. The next thing we see is a shot from the inside of the cafe, looking at Zakoli from the torso up, and he's walking towards the window, almost directly in terms of physical space towards where that very miserable man is outside looking at his phone, drinking his coffee. The right. next thing we see is Somali, and then back to Zakoli, tapping on the window to be like, hey, I'm out here. Literally the only space he could be occupying is directly on top of the table where this miserable guy is looking at his phone. There is no <laughs> way Zakoli's dick is not in that guy's coffee right now. <laughs> wow. There's like there's no way in terms of physical space that anything else could be the be the case. And um I gotta say once you see the bo- it. The mu- box office gold. Yeah. Just getting it ready for, for the next scene. Um Far out. That'd be quite exhilarating if you were working on the film and that happened to you, though, if you got that kind of exposure from the man himself, Zac Efron. Yeah, I mean, certainly... thrilling. But the movie doesn't really address it at all. And then, you know, what what do we know? What's to become of this guy? Like, this could be an origin story for Coffee Guy. Whoa. You know, there's a reason he drinks that coffee so fast. Because yeah. he's afraid someone's going to come over and f- flang their dick in his cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. That could be it. That's a um, very specific fear. Well, I would defy you if you're in a public space where you think, generally speaking, you're going to be able to get the coffee mug from the table in front of you to your mouth without fear of a dick arriving in it. And then, mm-hmm. for some reason, that innocence is taken from you. Uh, I'd say that would stick with you. I'd say that would probably have a permanent impact on the pace at which you drink your coffee. No doubt. It's going to be etched in your DNA. Certainly is. Um, well, I don't know if you could real quick come up with a little uh, little getting sentimental because this gate is, is coming before my eyes. Certainly. Not 36, I'm looking for 42. Only if you'll sing with me. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Three, four, getting, <laughs> getting sentimental, sentimental with James Reed. Airport edition. Uh, James Reed is, he knows that Zakoli work, he works, you know, on the move. He, he moves around a lot for Guy, travel. Ju- just, it's just to give you a mental picture as well, Zoe chucked me uh, what is a combination of a, a bemused but very side eye look. At that um, that little number yeah. that I performed and on the escalator. As well, it was deserved, Tim. The behaviour you were displaying is antisocial and bizarre. Yes. Uh, he knows the coal. He moves around a lot for his work. Whether or not it's you know taking people's houses from them, it's driving to sell drugs at music festivals, it's flying to gigs around the place. What does he need for these travels? A knife. Mm-hmm. A knife. Oh. That can fold oh, in on yes, itself. Please. You know. <laughs> 
you know how pro I am of this particular direction you're Absolutely. Taking. It's got a gently serrated edge. It's got a clip so you can wear it on your belt. This it's, is a Tim serving gift. This isn't self-serving for James Reid. It's just bigger than flying size. And, uh, Man, I'm starting to get a little box office gold myself just talking about all these <laughs> knives. Yeah, well, all I'm saying is it's practical, it's self-serving. Um, what's not to like about it? And that, to the best of my knowledge, is exactly what was inside the box this week. Mate, you nailed it. Um, on that note, I'm going to go. Feel free to wrap up the episode by yourself, Guy, if you just want to go slightly longer and um, put a bow on it. But I, I'm going to bail because uh, I've got to get on a plane right now. Yeah, sure thing, buddy. I'll see you later. All right. All the best. Bye, everybody. Bye, Tim. Have a good flight, Tim. Bye, Zoe. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, you are. For those of you still listening, uh, Zoe just accidentally said, as I said goodbye, Zoe, uh, she said, hi, Tim, bye, Tim, bye, Guy, which was a very funny fumbling of names. And to those of you who are interested, I'm going to run on for a little bit longer because there was one other thought I wanted to get out. And with or without Tim, I believe it is my job to share it with you. And there's no one to tell me whether or not we've discussed this before. So, you know, we're just going to go with it. Um, when Zuccoli returns to James Reed's house after everything's out in the open, Squirrel's dead, he's had sex with Somali, he's made a real meal of things. Uh, he's sort of got his tail between his legs and he's saying, Squirrel died, I don't know if it's my fault. And he's sort of, he's beaten up on himself. And James Reed's a mess as well, by the way. Um, he says... I haven't made shit in weeks, which is certainly an ambiguous turn of phrase when you think about it. Um, because you can say I haven't made music in weeks. You said I haven't touched my laptop in weeks. Because I haven't made shit. It certainly opens up the possibility that maybe there are some dietary problems, uh, maybe too much Zuccoli pasta and not enough fiber, preventing Zuccoli's body from functioning in the way he wants it to. This is then followed up by James Reed saying, don't let it be years, suggesting that years and years of alcohol abuse have rendered his colon and bowels redundant. He is literally filling up with shit from the waist up. And very tangentially related, I have uh, been sort of away from home a little bit recently and there's a calendar I keep with uh, my girlfriend in our room, it's actually hers, with different poo facts uh, for different days of the month. And I haven't read them since Monday the 6th of February. The first one here is the Perilous Powder Room, which is the most dangerous room in your house. It's the bathroom with over 230,000 injuries occurring each year in American bathrooms alone. Interestingly, it's far more dangerous for women whose bathroom injury rate is 72% higher than men's. Well, isn't that something? Take care out there, everybody. Not strictly a poo fact, but certainly um, something to bear in mind next time you nip off to the bathroom. February 7th, there's something about flatulence humor, which I will read in Tales from 1001 Arabian Nights, a story entitled The Historic Fart details the legend of a man who flees his country after farting at his own wedding. Upon his return 10 years later, he discovers the legendary nature of his fart. People have come to use the date of his fart to mark other events. Resigned to his fate, the man exclaims, Verily, 
My fart has become a date. I shall be remembered forever. I don't know what Tales from 1001 Arabian Nights is, whether or not that's fiction or non-fiction, but it's only a neat little premise for a story. Wednesday the 8th of February. Poop on a rope. For the advent of toilet paper, sailors used frayed rope to wipe. But that's not the grossest part. This is, they all shared one rope. That is truly disgusting. Uh, unforgivably so, I'd almost say. But you got to make do with what you got. So it's not unforgivable. I retract that to any sailors uh, listening to the podcast who are still alive from the time when you shared a rope to wipe your butt. I apologize for any offense caused. Uh, also, for those of you still listening, I'm up to Thursday, the 9th of February, and I'm going to keep reading these all the way up until we arrive at today's current date, which is uh, Monday, February the 20th. So 11 more of these to go. Do you know toilets and technology? Technology has changed every aspect of our lives, including how we use the bathroom. A full 75% of people admit to using their cell phones while on the toilet, surpassing reading as the most popular toilet time activity and a lot of them are clumsy, 7 million phones are dropped in toilets annually. Uh, I'm going to be honest, of course I use my phone on the toilet because I'm not a maniac who wants to sit there with an idle mind, thinking about how weird the entire custom of using a toilet is, how sort of um, embarrassed and nervous we get around the concept of using the toilet when it's literally one of the things that unites us all. By the 10th of February, bridal shower. Today we celebrate a wedding by throwing rice or confetti, but in some North African weddings, it was considered good luck to throw the urine of the bride instead. Urine may also have played a role in ancient English and Irish weddings. Some historians think that think the wine that's part of the ceremony today was a replacement for urine in an older tradition. It makes sense. Uh, following on from sort of my very, very lukewarm take on the do you know fact from Thursday the 9th of February, uh, there's something quite primal about it, something quite, um, you know, an ancient tradition that involves urine. That, that that doesn't sound entirely out of place to me. Now, on Saturday and Sunday, we only get one fact shared across the weekend. So, professional porta potty in medieval Scotland, porta potty was actually a job. A man roamed the city with a bucket and a big cape. Those in need of a bathroom could, for a fee, relieve themselves in the bucket with the cape around them for privacy. That is a good fact and a very enterprising and also vaguely disgusting uh, bit of initiative from some Scottish man. The poo of the month for February, by the way, as told by Monday the 13th of February, is the pebble poo. Between a rock and a hard place. You may sit down at the toilet with aspirations for a large, enjoyable poo, only to have pebble poo, leaving you unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Despite your vigorous straining and the sensation of poo exiting your rectum, in the end there are only a handful of pebbles resting mockingly on the toilet bowl floor. Adding insult to injury are the unwelcome splashes that hit your buttocks as the buckshot hit the water. That is very, very funnily written. Um... Namely because I find it relatable, which might be disgusting to you. It might not. Uh, certainly, though, that's um, it's not really rooted in science, just lived experience. So, so for those of you who are curious, by the way, I'm just going to find out. It's just occurred to me I'm probably breaking some sort of copyright law by reading out these poo facts. Uh, so I'm just going to find the name and give them a give them a quick plug. It's difficult to figure out what to Google. Poo of the day calendar, I guess. 
I believe the publisher is Chronicle Books. What's your poo telling you? 2017 Daily Calendar, Chronicle Books. Um, from the authors of the best-selling book, What's your poo telling you? Uh, this illustrated calendar is packed with medical info and fascinating trivia. It's by Anish Sheth and Josh Richmond and available for a meager $13.99. I think it's still worthwhile in February. These are a, a good time. Certainly a great way to learn throughout the year. Tuesday, February 14th, Valentine's Poo, uh, which is not the title. It's just what I called it. Get, get to step in in 17th century Germany. Except a way for a young lady to end a romantic relationship was to put a bit of poop in her would-be suitor's shoe. Oh, there you go. The Germans. So there's this sort of weird comedy trope or cliche that Germans love poo stuff. I haven't spent enough time in intimate situations with Germans to know whether or not that's true. Wednesday the 15th of February, hemorrhoidal hymns. Some gifted souls have an almost magical control over the size of their anal aperture and can willfully alter the intensity, duration, and pitch of their fl flatus. Structures like hemorrhoids, which protrude into the anal canal, dial up a fart's volume by rendering flow more turbulent. Thursday the 16th of February. Really working hard for you guys over here. Dr. Stool says, black poo. Stool sometimes diverges from its usual brown color and emerges as a dark black shade. Newborn babies actually poo a very, a very sort of almost tar-like color. Um, this can be caused by foods that are high in iron or iron pills, bismuth compounds, e.g. Pepto-Bismol, or blood from higher up in the digestive tract. 17th of February was a Friday. It's the law, illegal log rolling. Paul in Oregon prohibits the wearing of roller skates in restrooms. Um, bit of fun there to imagine what circumstance exactly led to that becoming a law, but I imagine the person who was put out wasn't just the person in rollerblades. Um a very unwelcome invasion to a cubicle. So it's difficult to know who's got the highest status in that situation because on one hand, one of you is taking a poo in a very vulnerable position, but on the other hand, someone is is wearing rollerblades. Um, I always think in that situation between, you know, if there's a fight to break out between someone who's doing a poo and someone who's not, the person who's pooing is surely in the position of power because just that human instinct to avoid it and be disgusted by it, even with adrenaline coursing through your veins, surely would... Even if it was just for a split second. But anyway, uh, Saturday and Sunday of the weekend, just being 18th and 19th of February. Do you know the major components of human farts are nitrogen, 20 to 90%, carbon dioxide, 10 to 30%, hydrogen, 0 to 50%, oxygen, 0 to 10%, and methane, 0 to 10%. And Monday, the 20th of February, Lincoln, the stinking Lincoln. Lincoln is known for his noble achievements, but in his day, he was known for something else entirely his love of potty jokes. Lincoln was reportedly a treasure trove of jokes and humorous stories and favoured the scatological ones. Unfortunately, no record of his favourite jokes survives. Though it's said he once made a core bailiff laugh so hard he fell out of his chair. And with that, we are now up to speed. Uh, remember, I'm just going to tell you again, it's uh, What's Your Poo Telling You? Uh, by Anish Sheth and Josh Richmond, the 2017 Daily Calendar. Um, for those of you in Auckland who are still listening, please come along to the podcast fest organized by Tim uh, through his little empire banner. Uh, it's happening this weekend on Saturday the 25th of February and Sunday the 26th of February and all the little empire podcasts you know and love with their walkout boys, male gays, bones of the heart and us the worst of all time and a wrestling podcast. I don't know what their name is currently. 
Uh, lots of good stuff. Tickets are very cheap. Only $12 or $35 for the whole shebang. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Um, and I will see you soon after I've watched this movie even more. Where will that leave me? Who's to say? This movie is still fine. One of them dies, that goes screw. One of them's a hockey, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're in New Zealand, come join us for the Little Empire Mini Festival on February 25th and 26th in Auckland. All your favourite shows will be there, including The Worst Idea of All Time, The Male Gaze, The Walkout Boys, and Bonus of the Heart. Details and tickets at littleempirepodcast.com slash live.